Grace, instead of causing us to sin more, actually encourages better behavior, greater self-control. If you're struggling with a certain bad habit or besetting sin, the answer isn't to pile on the guilt. You know, it's fine to have that prick of your conscience, but then you need to keep going back to God's forgiveness. You need to just go, you know what? I'm leaving that behind me. God's forgiven me. I'm going to forgive myself. Welcome to the podcast called Your Future Self Will Thank You with Drew Dick and Jeremy Slager. With secrets to self-control from the Bible and brain science, this podcast will help you make change that lasts. Your Future Self Will Thank You podcast, self-control and habit building from a distinctly Christian perspective. Well, welcome to episode number eight, the final episode of your Future Self Will Thank You podcast. And for the last time, I am your host, Jeremy Slager, and I'm here with my co-host, Drew Dick. Man, the last one, Jeremy. Can you believe it? The last one. It's a little bit sad. I think for the millions of listeners, there's going to be a little bit of sadness that this is the last one. Bring your box of Kleenex to this one. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, it's been it's been a fun journey. Yep, and o- over the the last seven episodes, as I was looking back through this podcast, I realized that we've had some pretty dark moments. Um, that's when you're going through the topic of self control and discipline. So often we look at the valleys, we look at the the low points, the failures, and the bad habits. And so, so through this time together, we've looked at like the, the role of sin, the self, and Satan in our spiritual life. We've looked at addiction. We've looked at tech, just owning who we are and changing the way we think. But I think that it would probably be worthwhile to end this podcast series on a high note and on the mountaintop. I like um, it. And really paint a picture for, for what life can look like if we do the work. If we trust in the Spirit's work in us, if we build habits, if we focus on self-control in a way that is honoring to God and honoring to how he made us, and just really look ahead at who we want to be. And so maybe, Drew, I'll have you go first. Of Paint that picture. Paint that picture of what, what do you want to look like? Not just the physical body, but I'm sure that's that's in there. <laughs> but what do you want your life to look like in 10 years? Oh, I was going to start with a description of what my abs are going to look like, but <laughs> I, I won't go there. Whether um, six or eight, that's the that's the big question. Right. Yeah. No. And I, it's such an important question, by the way. I love that. Right. And it's it's uh, simultaneously inspiring and sobering because when you kind of project out into the future and you say, "What do I want to be like in five, 10 years?" Um, the thought that, and we've talked about this, the thought that you might be stuck in the exact same place you are now, or even have moved in reverse is very scary. (laughs) scary. And yet often, especially if you're not intentional about it, that's exactly what happens. So yeah, I think that's a, a good question to orient us for me, man, I, a lot of areas where to start. Um, I want to be someone who is consistent about the spiritual disciplines that I've been building into my life. I've already made some progress in that area, which I'm really happy about, but I want to be someone who's, who is known to be someone who's serious about consistently praying, being in the word. And this is a big one for me. I want to be someone who's heavily invested in my church, my faith community. 
Because that's yeah. been an area, man. I, I'll admit I'm weak. I kind of tend to hang back, not get involved. Uh, often, Grace, my wife, is saying, hey, listen, let's get more involved throughout the week. Let's let's do this small group thing. Let's serve here. Let's do that. And I'm kind of going, oh, I'm too busy. I don't really want to do that. Sometimes that's a smoke screen because I just really am kind of selfish and it's awkward to get involved. I want to be more involved in mm-hmm. my church, uh, connected to other believers. Um, and of course, this is a big one too. I just want to be uh, a really invested, um, active father who mm-hmm. is, uh, yeah, just really involved in all aspects of my kid's life and teaching them, uh, in the faith, being a little more proactive about that. I think we've talked about this before, but I've had this assumption since I'm so smart and spiritual you know that, Jeremy, um, that my kids would just <laughs> automatically. I've learned, I've learned of, through this podcast. <laughs> I, I always assume my kid would kids would automatically kind of just absorb the faith by osmosis. But you have to be very intentional about catechizing yeah. <laughs> these yeah. little creatures. Um, and so that's an area I want to grow in as well. And so that's what when I look out 10 years, I want to see growth in those areas. And I'm excited about tackling tackling those things. Yeah. And, and when I look at it for myself, it's like, yeah. how about you? That's those, yeah. those areas that are frustrating, it's where like, I want to be dependable. The person that somebody mm-hmm. can just count on of like, Hey, you said you were going to do this. And I have no question that you're going to get it done. I want to be the one that has like the home life just working smoothly so that it's like we can have those joyous moments as a family, not be stressed out about all the loose ends and all the different places. And in my own spiritual life, like being able to look back and say those little steps, those little things have paid dividends for 10 years. It's like that mm, time in the word, that time in prayer, like in 10 years, I hope that people who meet me would look at look at me, look at the way I live and be like, that guy was with Jesus. I can yeah. tell he's like soaked up in. That's great. The presence of God. And and I hope that there's a part of that now, but I hope that it's more than 10 years. Yeah. And and I think what's been so helpful about going through this, I mean, really, it's a basic concept of self-control that these are the changes that are going to make that difference in 10 years. Right. Yep. No, that's 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 great. I think those are very worthwhile goals. One other one I'll mention, too, is that I want to be a little skinnier. So since I am <laughs> not a spiritual <laughs> Uh, but since I started this journey, I've actually lost 20 pounds. Hey, that's um, great. Yeah, it's great, but there's 20 more to go. And so I, I need to get those <laughs> off. Want to be healthy. It's not just all about vanity. I just, you know, I got a, some history in my family of heart disease. So I want to get serious about my health at this stage of my life as I enter those dreaded middle age years here. Yeah. Yeah. I need to get serious about that too. So there you go. It's out there. It's out there in the public. So people are going to be able to keep me accountable and go, Drew, did you lose those last 20 pounds? Or are you still hanging on to them? Yeah. Yeah. So maybe as we're as we're in this final episode, let's just kind of go through and walk real quickly back through the process of Mm. self-control. How do we get started in self-control? And what's what would you say is kind of the process of identifying and then changing those habits in our life for the better? Yeah, tough to uh, do a comprehensive summary, but I'll try to hit just a few of the important points, I think. The first thing, and this is, if you're listening to this podcast, you've already checked this off the list, so maybe I shouldn't even say it, but I think this is worth repeating. 
that is getting self-control on your radar is something you want to improve, right? A lot yeah. of people just don't even, they're not even aware of it. They think, oh, I just need to be more talented or more inspired. And those things may be true, but they're not even aware that they need to grow in this area. So if you're mm-hmm. the kind of person that's already thinking about it, praying about it, being intentional about growing your self-control, congratulations. That's the first step, I think, honestly. Um, and then second, taking a clear-eyed look at your life and asking God, asking maybe the people around you, what needs to change, right? Because yeah. we're not always, I, I mentioned this in the book, we're not always the best judges of our own character and behavior. And sometimes you need, it's a little painful, but you need someone who's close to you, who knows you well, who cares and loves you, who cares for you and loves you to say, hey, listen, you could improve here. Um, and so you want to identify those weak areas in your life in which you need to grow. And then, and then from there too, you know, keeping in mind your limited willpower and the power of habits, you want to be intentional about implementing new habits in your life. And like we've talked about, the best way to implement a new habit is to replace an old bad habit. So if yep. you can think about that, whether it's in the area of health or spirituality or relational dynamics, whatever that is, think carefully about what new habit you want to implement and what old habit it is going to replace. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that I'll mention too that we've talked about is make sure that your goals are sanctified. And um, going back to what researchers say about sanctified goals, these goals that you attach spiritual significance to is huge because not only is it biblical, framing everything in a spiritual way. So if it's weight loss, you're going, hey, listen, it's not just to look better in the mirror, it's to ultimately glorify God by having more energy to pursue my calling, by mm-hmm. sticking around longer for my family, that kind of stuff. Um, so make sure it's a sanctified goal, frame it in spiritual terms. Um, and then I would say too, uh, you want to set up some boundaries in your life. We talked about this in terms of tech. It applies across the board. You want to employ the bright line strategy where you're kind of going, Hey, listen, these are the behaviors I'm just not going to engage in or only at a certain time of the day. Um, those kind of hard and fast rules that are going to preserve your willpower and enable you to make change. Uh, and you also mm-hmm. want to make these goals concrete. You want to write them down. You want to share them with, you know, it may be a lot of people or just a few, but you want to make sure that it's concrete. I think often this has been my problem. We have these vague aspirations to change, right? But then we don't ever actually make it concrete. Okay, what am I going to change? How and by when? So kind of putting those benchmarks in are essential. And then, and we'll, I think we'll talk about it more in this episode. Don't get yeah. discouraged, right? Yeah. Um, you know, you're going to have setbacks. The, the, the whole journey of self-control is really one of going, you know, two steps forward, one step back, not getting discouraged. Yeah. You have those setbacks and, and, and just keep pressing ahead. Yeah, I've always found that a little counterintuitive. Um, so a few years ago, I had the opportunity to preach a sermon on the end of Hebrews 4, where it's talking about how Jesus was tempted in every way, just as we are yet without sin. And then verse 16 is kind of this verse of like, here's how you fight temptation. And it threw me for a loop. I'll just read it real quick. Um, It says, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Hmm. And here's what threw me for a loop is If I'm looking at how to fight temptation, there's a lot of tools that I think I'm going to have at my disposal. There's going to be, okay, I need to increase my self-control of like I need to get better at this part. Or I need to put more pressure on myself to not screw up. And so I'm going to think of all the different people that this is going to hurt if I screw up. 
and I'm going to keep building all of these things to try and fight temptation. But then verse 16 really messed me up because it says, we approach God's throne of grace. So it's not a throne of justice or of judgment that we're going before, but a throne of grace. And what do we get from that throne? He says, so that we may receive mercy and grace. Hmm. So mercy and grace are when God gives us what we don't deserve. Right. God, or when we screw up and God says, I love you anyways. <clears throat> and I was thinking, like, that's that's the last thing that I would think I would want in temptation. Right. saying God's got it covered. Yeah. Whether you screw up or not, Jesus as our high priest is still there for you. He still loves you. God still loves you just as much as before. So Amen. what is it about mercy and grace that are actually essential to to us fighting temptation and to to growing in our self-control? Yeah, I'm glad you went there. This is this is such an important part of this topic. And I think that people assume that that grace, yeah, like you said, it's that kind of unmerited favor of God, right? Including the fact that he forgives us of our sins uh continually when we even when we keep messing up. Um, but I think a lot of times people assume that grace and self-control kind of hang out in opposite camps, right? Yeah. They're almost antithetical to one another. And I understand it because the thinking kind of goes like this. Well, if God is just going to forgive me, if he's already forgiven me, you know, he saved me. If I'm a believer, um, I'm adopted into God's family um, and he will continue to forgive me. Why do I need to exercise self-control Exactly. <laughs> if there's yeah. always more grace on tap, right? Yeah. If there's always more forgiveness to be had. Um, and it's interesting to me that the Apostle Paul in Scripture anticipates this sort of thinking. He says, yeah. shall we go on sinning that grace may increase? And then, of course, his answer to that was a, a resounding no. He's like, by no means, or heaven forbid. Yeah. Um, and so, so he he wanted to clear up that clear up that confusion. And I think that's absolutely true. And I think just you know, experientially, grace instead of causing us to sin more, actually encourages better behavior, greater self-control. And it, it makes me think of a few of the studies that I read while I was researching uh, for the book. Um, one was what is actually from diet researchers. They mm-hmm. coined a term for a phenomenon they observed called the what the heck effect. Now I'm saying heck, um, it, it wasn't heck, but I'm I keeping can it a PG. Yeah. I'm keeping a PG here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the what the heck effect is basically when they looked at uh, dieters and they had one small indiscretion, say they ate a piece of chocolate cake or just a candy bar, what often followed that indiscretion was a full-on binge. Yeah. Okay. And I, I can totally relate to this. <laughs> but there are so many times you're on a diet and then, and, and then that's the thinking, right? You go, well, now I've messed up. So what yeah. the heck? I'm just going to go nuts, right? I've already yeah. screwed up. Why even try anymore? I'm just going to eat everything I can in sight. So, um, it, but it's surprising in a way because often the, these dieters, they, they'd collapse into guilt and self-loathing because of yeah. their one indiscretion. You would think that would go, okay, that's it. Now I'm really motivated. But instead, it does the opposite. It encourages them to go on a binge. Now, um, researchers also talk about a phenomenon called the fresh start effect. And the fresh start is this idea that when people perceive that they have a blank slate, when they're starting new, when when they have a clean record, so to speak, their behavior actually improves after that. And and that's Mm -hmm. one of the reasons why people tend to start new things on a New Year's or a birthday or some kind of 
benchmark where they can where they can start fresh because that is really motivating. And it got me thinking as a Christian, right? We have the ultimate fresh start effect, and it doesn't just yeah. apply to diet. It's for sin, you know, um, because we're forgiven by God completely. We're told, and um, He remembers our sin no more, separates it from us as far as the east is from the west, like the scriptures say. Um, and then, of course, as if we mess up, which we inevitably do, there's more forgiveness. And instead of that fueling a license to sin and mess up, it actually promotes better behavior. And so all to say, this is the takeaway. Okay, if you're struggling with a certain bad habit or besetting sin, the answer isn't to pile on the guilt. I know it can yeah. seem like that, right? And we do that just interpersonally, like sometimes with my kids, I try to make them feel guilty so their behavior will change, right? Um, <laughs> yep. Or we can do it, you know, in the workplace or whatever it is. But but the truth is that might make you feel better to make someone feel guilty, but it's not actually going to improve their behavior or yours to keep wallowing in guilt. You know, yeah. it's fine to have that prick of your conscience, but then you need to keep going back to God's forgiveness. You need to just go, you know what? I'm leaving that behind me. God's forgiven me. I'm going to forgive myself. And that will actually fuel better behavior. So the answer isn't to keep turning back to guilt. It's to keep diving back to grace. And I love what you said about the, the connection between self-control and grace because it's all throughout scripture. We yeah. see it over and over again. And it doesn't it doesn't negate the, the human effort component because that's there too. But God empowers us. He forgives us. And that all leads to a life of health and holiness. Yeah, and it's amazing because we hear it so often but i feel like we often we almost hear it so much that we we don't remember it that god does not want us to just change behaviors for the sake of changing right. behaviors he wants the heart to change yes and grace makes it so that you can actually change the heart because it's saying there's no more guilt there's no more shame that's been taken care of at the cross now you have the freedom to truly live from your heart that loves God. Exactly. And sin no longer has that that punishment of death over us. Sin instead, it the way I almost look at it is like sin just identifies where your heart is wrong, where your heart has rebelled against God. And yeah, you can go symptoms. back to that clean heart and say, God help me. I I want to love you, not because I'm afraid of punishment, but because you are great enough for that love. Yeah, that's exactly right. I think so often the sins that manifest in your life, they're a problem, don't get me wrong, or the bad habits, but they're often just symptomatic of a deeper issue, right? Yeah. And and grace uh, allows us to get down to the root of the problem and to be cleansed and renewed. And also, like we talked about in an early episode, uh, to trust God, right? Grace mm -hmm. is about trusting God. It's like, oh, he really loves me. He's really forgiven me. And it's easy to mentally assent to that theological truth. It's another thing to get that into your bones and internalize it and really believe it. Um, yeah. But if you do, what happens is that that your heart changes, like you said, and then your behavior changes because your behavior is just an outgrowth of your heart. Uh, yeah. your heart's condition. And so you're right. And this, this topic can't just become about sin management or, you know, just, you know, avoiding the dirty dozen or something. It really has to get into your heart if it's going to make lasting and real change. And so as we're, as we're wrapping up this series, um, what would you say to those people who are discouraged, hmm. who are feeling at the end of their rope, who are feeling like they're not making progress 
who maybe maybe they feel like the grace of God isn't for them. Huh. What, what do you say to those to those people? Well, uh, I'd say this. First of all, you're not alone. I've been there. I think we all have. Um, and it's so easy to believe the lies of Satan. Uh, incidentally, I think uh, there's a spiritual dynamic to this. I don't think uh, we, we have an enemy and he is not above coming alongside us when we're defeated <laughs> and whispering those lies. You're not going to get past yeah. this. This is who you are. Uh, you know, you're just going to return to this behavior over and over again. You'll never be free from it or you'll never make progress in, in a certain um, area. Um, and, and those are lies. And and the yeah. the thing that I return to over and over again, it's not just the research that shows that bears it out too. But I look at scripture, right? I look at people like Peter who, who had terrible self-control we see and yet made progress uh, throughout his life as he walked with Jesus. Um, it goes on and on. The, the characters in scripture that matured, that grew in godliness, that, that had better self-control. And as we walk with Jesus and, and as we grow closer to him, we can grow too. And even if there's a, a, a particular sin or habit that has kind of had your number for years, you can get past that. And I think you need to believe that. And you need to preach to yourself a little bit and go, listen, you know, I'm redeemed. God, it's for freedom that I've been set free, to quote mm -hmm. scripture, right? Um, yeah. And so I'm not supposed to walk in this as a child of God. That's not who I am. That doesn't jibe with my identity as a child of God. I think that's so often the case. You need to go like, you know what? I'm not going to look at those images anymore. I'm not mm -hmm. going to uh, indulge this. I'm not going to gossip. I'm a child of the king, and I need to behave like my heavenly father, right? Uh, yeah. So preach a little bit to yourself. Preach to Satan when he starts talking to you. Uh, mm -hmm. Don't get discouraged. Um, even when you do mess up, because you will again, all, all, a spoiler alert, even if you're doing great right now, right? You're going to mess you up again. Told, shouldn't have told us that part I of the know, story. I know. I'm sorry. Ruins the whole thing. I hope that's not demotivating. <laughs> but you're going to mess up. You're going to have yeah. big or you know small indiscretions at least uh, and sins that you, you succumb to. Uh, but don't get discouraged. Keep stumbling after Jesus. You know, that's the right. the good news is, you know, the big $10 theological word for what we're talking about is sanctification. That lifelong process and struggle of becoming more and more like Jesus every day, every week, every year. So don't get discouraged. It's, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Hang in there. Stay close to Jesus. You know, implement those habits. Uh, get community around you okay. and keep running the prize like the Apostle Paul said. Are running the race for the prize. That that's what's waiting for you, and it's worth it in the end. Well, there's no better way to to wrap it up than that. <laughs> I guess so. Yes. Yeah. Well, so, this has been fun. I I just really appreciate um, all of you who are listening to this, who've joined us on this journey. Um, none of us is perfect. We're all kind of still growing in this area. So I yep. feel like it has just kind of been a a, a collective journey. And uh, get in touch with us. Uh, we'd love to hear your feedback. Right? Any questions right. that you have? We're all uh, we're both very reachable uh, online through email, social media, whatever. Uh, pop over to my website if, if you'd like, drewdick.com, um, and, and send me a message and see some cheesy pictures of me and my family. Um, <laughs> but this has been a lot of fun, and I appreciate you joining us on the journey. All right. Well, thank you all for, for sticking with us through all the episodes, and just hope that it encourages you in your self-control and in your walk with God. Amen. You have been listening to the Future Self Podcast. If you enjoyed what you just heard, subscribe and leave a review wherever you find your podcasts. 
your future self podcast, self-control and habit building from a distinctly Christian perspective.